Welcome to the Roxborough Church Podcast. For more resources and information, visit RoxboroughChurch.org. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Amen, amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Man, what a joy it is to be back with everybody. Can everybody hear me okay today? Come on, somebody. All right, okay. There you go. All right, yeah, come on. Let's, let's warm our hands up. Let's make sure we're good. Let's get that blood flowing. It is good to be back in the house today. And for those who we haven't seen in the house in a long time, it is good to see you back. Praise God that uh, more and more, day by day, we, we have a, a greater sense of, um, of uh, ability to be in proximity with one another. And so uh, I, am, I am praying for the day when we kind of can run out of our house freely and with a sense of like, hey, we can engage together again. Um, but from now till then, as each person feels more and more ready and comfortable, please come on out and join us as we gather together for worship. I want to give a special shout out this morning to my good friend, Bev, who is here in the house. Everybody help me celebrate Bev. Come on. <laughs> Bev and I worked together for five years at a church, and, uh, and uh, many of you will remember we prayed together as, uh, as we memorialized Bev's husband who passed um, about a month ago. And so, Bev, deep love, glad you're with us today, and uh, so thankful that you would spend a Sunday morning with us here. Um, we're going to pray as we jump right into the Word of God this morning. Father God, as we wrap up this series on the Holy Spirit, I pray, Lord God, that you would uh, allow your Spirit to descend. Father, just give us the gift of the presence of your Holy Spirit with us in ways that is, that is tangible, God, that's tactile, that we know, that we, we can say that we experienced the presence of God in ways beyond what we've ever experienced before. Father, I pray that you uh, continue to lead all the way through this service. Meet us in the preached word and prepare our hearts to celebrate communion with you. God, we recognize uh, absent of you, worship is, is, is uh, you know, uh, something that sounds good, but is really a clanging symbol. But, but purposed toward you, Father, that all of this this morning, all of this would be a beautiful, beautiful experience for you from us, that you would engage with us in this space to give meaning to all that we'll do. Lord, we love you, we honor you, and we prepare our hearts for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I got a couple of questions to get us started this morning, and I want to I kind of get the brain flowing so you can imagine somebody like massaging your brain right now, kind of helping to get the juices going up there. Here's what I want you to think about. When is it that you hear God's voice in your life versus your own voice in your life? Or how is it that you discern the difference between this is what I'm hearing from the Lord and this is what I would do on my own accord. Um, you might think about it this way. There's a big decision to be made. How do you know which way God is leading you versus which way you might lead on your own? You might discern or decide on your own. As you think about that, maybe you can think back to a couple of times where you got to that crossroads where you were like, I need to know how the Lord would lead me here. I need to discern the direction that God would have me to go. 
and you can think back to how you discerned in that moment. And, and maybe you, you would look in reflection and say, man, that was amazing. I clearly heard God. I knew this is what God was asking of me, and I was obedient to it. Maybe you would think back and say, oh, you know what? I didn't hear from God as clearly as I wanted to, and I made a decision, and I went, and I left. And when I jumped out there, I fell flat because I actually going in my own accord, and it wasn't so much that I was being led by God. Or maybe you would say, I just stuck. I didn't move. I just stayed right there because I, I couldn't discern which way God wanted me to, do, to go, and so I just stayed still. And maybe, maybe you might even say, you're still sitting in that same spot. You're still in that same spot. By the way, sitting in the same spot just kind of made me think about this. One of the things that happened as a result of the pandemic is everybody lost their seat in church. You think about that? You came in this morning, you were like, I don't even remember where my seat was, right? And then you look down and you were like, there's no pew pad on my seat. I can't even sit in my seat. Like the seat where I would sit, I can't sit because there's no pad. And uh, yeah, well, welcome to it. We're glad you're back. The, the, the joy of, of, of musical chairs and worship. So anyway, so back to the sermon. So um, I, I think that this morning I want to help us to, 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 to kind of recognize one way in which the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives is that the Holy Spirit actually leads us, that he leads us. He leads us through decision-making. He leads us through gift, giftedness with discernment. He leads us through understanding how to be obedient to, to, to say yes to what God is doing. You'll remember for the last couple of weeks, here's a quick reminder, in week one, we talked about the Holy Spirit being our uh, great helper, right? That we weren't on our own, but we were, at, we were in, in community with God and we were moving and God was, 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 was helping us uh, to, to navigate the ways of this world, right? And then in week two, we talked about the fact that the Holy Spirit in us changes us, that our life, the old is gone and the new has come, and that, that we are no longer who we once were because of the indwelling of the Spirit of God in our life. Amen? Come on, amen, somebody. All right, so, and then last week, in week three, we talked about uh, if the Holy Spirit lives in us, then, then we should be able to reflect that to the world, right? That, that our lives outwardly to everyone else appear different because the Holy Spirit is in us. We're filled by the Holy Spirit when we receive power that comes from the indwelling of the Spirit of God in our lives. So if we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit leading us, let me, help, let me preface it by saying we're not alone in this. Open up your Bibles to John chapter 6. This is not going to be on the screen, I do not believe. So you're going to need to actually open a Bible, a phone, text somebody. If you don't have a Bible app on your phone, just text somebody and say, text me back what John 6.38 says. That's what we're going to look at, John 6.38. And so if you have your Bible, in our church tradition, we're going to marry back into it. In our church tradition, when we turn to the place in the scripture that we're looking for, we just proclaim that we're there by saying amen. So when you're there, let me know it. All right, we heard the polite and quiet amens. Now I'm looking for like the grumbling in the belly amen. Come on, somebody. There it is, there it is. Came from the Welcome Center. All right, so uh, I'm going to start in verse 25. When I get to 38, that's the verse I want everyone to kind of pay attention on. But I'm going to start in 25. You'll rec recognize this passage to be very familiar. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, you're looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves that, and, and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of God, which the Son of Man will give you. 
For for on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? And Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. 32, Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, come to me. But as I told you, you have not seen me, and and still you do not believe. Sorry, let me read it again. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Now listen to verse 38. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. Jesus, in the midst of teaching about being the bread of life, about, about uh, proclaiming that he, and we, we pre- preached a whole sermon on sermon series on this a couple of a uh, couple of months back but proclaiming that he indeed is sent from the father and he is what we all need in order to endure eternal life but Jesus says this and I, I want us to get it this morning Jesus says I did not come to do my own bidding to do my own will to have my own desires satisfied he says I came to be about my father's business Think about this. Jesus says, I came to do my daddy's will. Can I ask you a question before we go any further? Whose agenda are you about? Whose agenda are you about? When I started the sermon by asking questions about discerning the direction that God would have us to go, if your brain, if in your brain you started to think, I've never even thought about that, then this question I'm asking now probably resonates really, really well. Who sets your agenda? Because, see, God, Jesus himself said, I'm here not for my own will and desires. I don't need to discern what I want in this story. I just need to know what my father wants. Because my role, my goal, my purpose is to be about my father's business. I think every one of us is, at, is positioned in life to be able to say, if I'm a follower of Jesus... One of the things that has passed away are my desires. What my desires are replaced with are my father's desires, my heavenly father's desires, that that my purpose now is no longer to say what pleases and satisfies Ray. My purpose now is to say, Daddy, what do you want from me? Daddy, what would you have from me? What, What is your desire for me? And then to actively participate in the fulfillment of the will of God. Now, in order to do that, we gotta be able to discern that will. 
But I want you to know you're in good company. This is the point of that. I want you to know you're in good company. If you're scratching your head, watch this. You're scratching your head in the same way that our, that our Savior scratched his. That Jesus himself paused and said, I want to be about what my Father wants. That means I need to figure out what my Father wants. I need to be led in such a way that I'm yielding to what my Father wants. If you're in that spot too, you're in really, really good company. While you have your Bibles, flip over to John chapter 14. We're going to get going this morning. Here it goes. John 14 in the 26th verse. This is what Jesus says. He says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. You know, one of the things that we recognize from the Spirit of God is that the Holy Spirit instructs us. The Holy Spirit instructs us in the ways of the Lord and recounts his word in our lives. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit instructs us in the ways of the Lord and recounts his word in our lives. This is what the Spirit of God does. The Spirit of God doesn't just leave us out there all on our own and lost. The Spirit of God is our teacher. He begins to instruct. He begins to give us clarity. Every one of us can remember back. Matter of fact, let's do this together. Let's take a walk down memory lane. Can we do that together? No? Just the people online said yes. That's good. That's good. All right, the people who are here in present, let's do this together. Let's take, let's take a walk way back for some of us, not so far back. For some others of us, a little bit further back, right? Let's go back to our favorite memory we have as a student in school. Can we do that? Can we remember maybe it was, maybe it was your favorite class? Maybe it was your favorite teacher? Maybe it was your favorite subject? Maybe it was you, you just had one year that was blissful in school. You're just like, man, whenever somebody mentions school, I just remember third grade and how amazing it was. Whatever it was. Can everyone just raise your hand? I'm not going to ask you to sh share it. Just raise your hand so I know you're with me. Raise your hand when you got in mind your favorite memory from being in school. Come on, there it is. There it is, some of you. Now, the young people don't even have their hands up. What's going on, y'all? Y'all don't remember a day that you liked? Just one day you were liked. That's all. Just one day. One day, Cole. You could find one day that you liked in school. Okay, there you go. Let me see the hands up. Hands up. Hands up. We're there? All right, that's most of us. Most of us have a memory we have in mind. One of the things that we can remember is that there are people in our life in years gone by who have been influential in the way that they taught us right? There were subjects that we didn't even care about, and then all of a sudden, you had this teacher who was like animated in what they were teaching and talking about, and you just found yourself drawn into it. You were like, I never thought I would care about like 4x times 3 to the fourth power and what that was going to mean, but then I had this math teacher who like, like, like they, they loved me, and they cared about me, and they poured into me, and they invested in me, and all of a sudden, I was algebraic, you know, and you're just like, yes, like, yes, uh, numbers, awesome, right? Like, whatever that story was for you, watch this, you can remember back when somebody was instructing you, when somebody was investing in your mind and in your development. This is what the Spirit of God does with us now. The Holy Spirit instructs us, maybe not so much in the form of algebra, right? But it, it required the Holy Spirit for me to make it through algebra, so that's good, right? Like, but, but whatever what the Holy Spirit instructs us and teaches us now so that we can understand what? We can understand the ways of God, 
right? We can understand the desires of God. The Holy Spirit actually is actively engaged both in your heart, your life, and your mind. The development of what goes on in here, the cognitive development of what goes on in here is led by the Spirit of God helping you and me to understand who the Father is and what the Father wants. So the Holy Spirit instructs us in the ways of God, in the ways of the Lord, and he recounts, he recounts his word in our lives. We did this a couple of weeks ago. I asked you to remember your favorite nursery rhyme. Right? I asked you to remember your favorite nursery rhyme. Look, look, look let me ask for, I'm not going to ask for the most senior person in the room, but let me just ask for a senior person in the room. Let's see, let's see, let's see who can get their hand up the fastest. You don't have to share what it is, but when you can think of your favorite nursery rhyme, if you're older than me, raise your hand. Okay, it took you a little while to get your hands up. That's okay. That's all right. Mike, Mike was slow to come up. He was like, you was trying to figure out if you're older than me, Mike. That's all right. I got you. Yeah, yeah. But he got it. He got his hand up, right? And, and a bunch of us got our hand up. Now, look, those of us who are a little bit closer to the nursery rhymes, let's, uh, let's see. When we can think of our favorite nursery rhyme, go ahead and put your hand up. Put your hand up. You can think of your favorite one. So, like, three people put their hand up. The rest of y'all can't think of one? You don't have a Humpty Dumpty in your life? You can't think of one of those? You can't think of one of those stories, like one of those stories that rhymes that had, had meanings when you were a kid? You can't think of one of those? Come on, y'all can think of that, right? You can remember that, right? But you, you don't recount them every night, do you? You don't put yourself to sleep being like, Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. Right? You're not doing that, right? That is how it goes, right? Come on, somebody. That's off the cuff right there. I didn't Google that. How is it that I can remember those things? How is it that you can remember those things? Well, you know, like, there's certain things when you've just kind of, they've washed over you so much. You've recited them so much. They just become internalized in you, right? You just, you just kind of know them. If I, if I, you know, started to, oh, last, oh, yeah, this is a good one. This, this is really good. Last night I got home from church and, uh, and the family was all, you know, playing in the, in the living room or wherever they were playing. And, and, uh, and, and my, my son, Nathan, was so excited because mom had exposed him to a new genre of music and a new song. So for Michelle's birthday, she's celebrating her birthday. I'll let her tell you which birthday it is when you see her again. She's celebrating her birthday and might come after the 30s and before the 40s. Um, so in that birthday that she's celebrating that's coming up next week, she, um, we got her one of those pedal bikes that sits still and you don't move, you know? And uh, y'all know what I'm talking about? Isn't that kind of funny to think about? They call them a bike, but you don't go anywhere. <laughs> you know, like, anyway. We got her one of those bikes that she's sitting there and she's pedaling on and the family's pedaling on. They're all playing and having a great time. But they, you know, there's a screen that plays music that you pedal along to. And, uh, and so yesterday, my son discover oh i wish i remembered what what it was he discovered um oh what's rock rock what's that kind of music rick ricky gomez can you see if michelle will tell you online what song it was that her and nate were riding to last night when you come back and we'll go back to that illustration Anyway, so they were pedaling along and they were riding and, and he discovered this new stop, this new genre of music but the point is um, it, it was like an hour and a half later when I got home. And you know what he was doing the whole time? He was running around the house singing this song. And I was like, how do you know this song? 
And he's like, well, I was on the bike and I was pedaling and I was listening to the song and I was pedaling faster because the song was playing and, and I just heard it enough that I, that I just know it. It's just, that's who he is. He just, just knows it. That's true for us, right? That, that, that things kind of come into our minds and then they fill our space and then we just, we know them over and over again. Well, watch this. The Spirit of God, one of the roles that the Holy Spirit plays in our life is to help recount in our minds the word of the Lord, right? So you hear something in church and, you know, maybe you wrote something down that, that was said and, and, and it kind of sticks in your mind. And then a week later, or two weeks later, or a month later, or two months later, you know, you're in line at the grocery store. You got it? No, you don't have it yet? Okay. I thought, you th I thought you were trying to wave me down with the phone. You're in line at the grocery store, right? A month later, and, and then in line at the store, you have this opportunity because something comes back to mind in a conversation you're having. Something comes back to mind that came up on Sunday morning. How is it that that connection is made? Friends, I want you to understand this. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. The Holy Spirit recounts in your mind and in your life the word of God. He draws it back to you. He up in your life in moments that, that are important and that matter and that make connection. And all of a sudden, you have an opportunity to apply the word of God, not because you sat there and were thinking, how am I going to apply the word of God? How am I going to apply the word of God? How am I going to apply the word of God? No, it's because the Holy Spirit showed up in your life and was like, watch this connection I'm about to make. And he puts these things together in your life. And you're like, wow, this is it. So Holy Spirit, you show up in my life in a way that, that you, you instruct me, you teach me, and you recount the things that you're teaching to me. You call them back to mind over and over and over again. We good? Y'all with me? Those in the back, y'all still here? All right, let's, let's, well, let's, try, to, let's try it together. Uh, turn with me to Psalm 143. Here, we're going to go to our second point this morning, Psalm 143. This is David writing, and he, and he says this. He says in the 10th verse, Psalm 143, verse 10, he says, teach me to do your will, for you are my God. And may your good spirit lead me on level ground. Teach me to do your will. This is a prayer. Teach me to do your will. Matter of fact, can you imagine praying this to God? God, teach me to do what you want. Can you just pause that for a second? Imagine saying to God, God, I want you to instruct me on how to do what you want. For every one of us who uh, is a parent, this prayer is a parent in our lives, right? This is the prayer that we have. We, we desire for our kids to be like, I want to do what I was brought up to do. I want to be about what my mom and dad wanted me to be about. That's kind of the hope that we have as parents, that, that the investment we're making in our kids, that, that it's helping them to mature to a place where they're able to live out that investment. I've got a good friend who's in the room whose kids have become world travelers. They're all over the world. I think right now one of, one of her kids is like, in, uh, in, in, in China, and where's your other kid at? 
and France. I was going to get the countries all wrong. All over the world. Now, look, I've, I've known those kids when they were itty-bitty, right? And I watched mom kind of invest in them and, and, and shape them, mature them. And I know, I know from talking to mom that getting them to the airport and watching them go was a difficult moment, right? And began counting the days for when they would come back. But what a joy it is to know that you've invested in someone in a way that they're going out and they're going to live out the way in which you brought them up. And they're going to do that in a way that moves around the world. What an amazing thing. Look, this is the prayer that David offers up. He says, God, would you teach me to do your will, to be about your desires? And then would you lead me? Would you lead me even on ground that is steady? Don't just lead me in times that are higher, times that are low. Lead me daily. Lead me through it. Um, Paul says this in Romans chapter 8. He says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God, are actually the children of God. That God leads those who are his own. So I want to help us put this together and make sense of this for a moment. So if you're taking notes, here's the second one for you. The Spirit of God leads those that he calls his own. He leads who? Those that he calls his own. So we're praying, hey, Holy Spirit, would you lead us? And the Spirit of God is saying, I lead those who are mine. I'm going to get personal for a moment. So if you're absent of the Spirit of God leading you, if you're saying, I can't find the presence of God, you're saying, I can't discover where God is at work, I want you to understand at least in part, the struggle might be, are you actually a child of God? Not are you showing up to church, not are you doing the right thing, but have you yielded your life to say, God, you are my Lord. Charlie, I think somebody's at the back door trying to get in. You are my Lord. Have you yielded your life to God in that way? Because God, because Paul says through the word of God that, that, that God himself leads who? Those who are his children. Those who are his children. So our prayer, Holy Spirit, as we discover more of who you are, help us to yield to your leading and call us your own. Call us your children. I'm going to wrap up with an Old Testament story. It comes from Ezekiel chapter 37. You can go ahead and turn there. You're going to remember the story as I start to read it to us today. But uh, this story takes place where, where Ezekiel is going to be given a vision. He's going to be given a vision of things that were dead coming to life. In, 30, in Ezekiel 37, in the first verse, this is what it says. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and he set me in the middle of a valley, and the valley was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, and the bones there were very dry. And he asked me, he said, Son of man, can those bones live? And I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know that answer. Then he said to me, prophesy to those bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come 
to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will, I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together and bone to bone. I looked and the tendons and flesh appeared on them and, and skin covered them, and, but there was no breath in them. And then he said to me, he said, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come, breath from, from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them. And they came to life, and they stood up on their feet, and it was a vast army. And then he said to me, he said, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up, and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel, and then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you, and you will live, and I will, I will settle you in my own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. This vision that God gives to Ezekiel is a vision in which things that were dead are coming to life, in which, which he begins to breathe life into people that were once dead and now are alive and purposed. He, God says, this is my army that I'm raising up. These are my own that I'm calling back to life. And I'm not just going to call them to life for a moment. I'm going to settle them into a land where they can live and they can, they can satisfy or fulfill the the will of the Father. Check this out. Check this out. Watch this. The reality is every one of us are brittle bones. We're dry bones. We're absent of the work of the Spirit of God, we're lost. We're dying. We're cut off. We are the people of Israel. We are the chosen ones. We are the church. We are the ones that God has anointed and called with a purpose. But when we move away from the hearing and the listening to the will and the way of God, when we move away from the work of the Holy Spirit, what happens is we're dying. And God gives vision. And He says, Look, look at the people. They're dying. But I won't let them die. I will breathe life into them. I will recall them. I will recount them. I will, I will repurpose them. I will, I will move them again into my will and my way. And they do. And he does. And he will. The Spirit of God gives us visions that help us to understand the ways that God is at work. The Spirit of God gives us visions that help us to understand the ways that God is at work. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that the Spirit of God is still actively speaking in your life? And he gives you vision. He lays passions and desires on you. 
He puts thoughts into your mind that you become really, really energized about. And then you start saying, well, how do I get from here to there? So he gives us a vision, and then he helps us to understand how it is to accomplish that, to understand how it is to be at work with the Father. Friends, we've been talking for four weeks about the Holy Spirit. And as we wrap this story up about the Spirit of God, I want you to understand that his desire is that you would, and me, that we would be about our Father's business. He lives in us. The full presence of God is filling your life and empowering you on this journey to go from death to life, to be counted as a child of God, to be called his own, to be led with purpose, to, to, have, in, to have been instructed and to have those instructions recounted over and over again in our life, that we would then have vision for what God is doing, that we would then have vision for where we are to go and how we ought to live, that we would then have vision and understand how to live out that vision. We're in a special season of life right now. At the end of, at the end of a school year for, for young people, they move up to a new grade. But, but for a number of college students, this is the end of, I mean, for a number of high school students, this is the end of kind of the, the living at home experience of being under mom and dad's care and is stepping into like this young adult life of choosing colleges. And, and right now there's like signing day for college students. They're all like putting up on their social media, this is where I'm going to college. And, and they throw in these signs up. And so those of you who have young kids, we're like, ooh, that's a long time from now. Those of us who, those, those folks who have kids who have already gone off to college and done that, you're like, it's coming before you know it. Start saving your pennies right now. Like, however that looks. But watch this, watch this. The, the, the reality is, the reality is when they throw their sign up saying, hey, I'm going to go to St. Joe's or I'm going I'm go to, go to Chestnut Hill, wherever it is, these schools that, that people are choosing, what they're saying is, I've had a vision. This is where I'm being led to go. And I'm being obedient. And God has made a way, and he's helped me to understand how to take the next step toward what he wants from me. And what all the rest of us are saying is we're cheering it on because you've used your giftedness that comes from God to discern the voice of God in your life. And so we celebrate. I come back to the beginning of the sermon this morning. When is it that you hear the voice of God? And how is it that you know that he's leading you? How do you discern when it's time to move into action? If you missed everything else, don't miss this. Jesus says, I'm here not for my own desires because I'm committed to do my Father's will. Friends, as hard as it may be, to work through the process of discerning what God is asking of you. As difficult as it might sound at times where you feel like you're having radio silence with God, I pray that even in those moments, your response might be that of Christ. I'm not here for my own will, but I'm looking to be led by the Holy Spirit to be about my Father's business. Father God, I pray before we, before we move to meeting you at the table, I pray, Lord God, that we would 
First, discern whether we're your child. Do we belong to you? Have we said yes in heart, in mind, and with the depths of our souls to saying, I am yours? God, if the reality is, if we, if we haven't said yes to that, if we haven't yielded our life to you, then it's impossible. It's impossible for us to be led by your spirit because you lead those who are yours. And we're still fighting that battle to be our own. So God, this morning, I pray that we would hear the invitation to be a child of God, to return to our daddy. And maybe we're the prodigal son who's wandered away and we're being invited to wander back. Or maybe we're someone who just never actually engaged in a life-giving forever relationship with you. And then maybe for a whole bunch of us, we have engaged in relationship with you. We are yours. But there's small things that we've kind of built up a, you know, a, a bit of a walk, a wall or, or a barricade around us that, that, that we're trying to, to hide behind or, or maybe not even trying to hide behind, but it's, it's happening. We're, we're living in the shadow of this wall. And so here this morning, God, we're saying, receive us. Break down the foundation of that wall that all of it would crumble. Expose us to your will and your way. Remind us of how much you love us. Cover us. Drape over us your robe. As we come running home, God, receive us again as your chosen ones, as your prized family and children. Because from there and with that foundation, we can look to the heavens and say, lead us, God. We can use the gift of discernment to, 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 to hear and to understand your will and your way. We can invite the work of the Holy Spirit in us to renew both our hearts, our minds, and the response and action. Oh, God, on our own, we're lost. On our own, we're stumbling around in our own confusion. But led by you, we can be about your will. We can make daily application of your word. We can step into every situation with boldness and courage. Because we're led by the Spirit of God. is it that we might be so courageous in taking the next step today? It's because we know fully the Holy Spirit has gone before us. So Spirit of the living God, fall on us. Lead us. Instruct in the ordinary.
create the extraordinary. Jesus was gathered together with his closest friends in what would prove to be the final night of his free life. I can't imagine what all of the conversation was like in that moment, nor can I imagine in full that those who were gathered together understood how significant, significant this moment was going to be. But this moment has changed the way you and I commune together. And so as Jesus gathered together with his closest friends, they had a meal. And they took bread and he broke it. And he shared it with his disciples. And sharing the bread with his disciples, he began to speak. He said, this is my body. My body is going to be broken for you. And we know that Jesus went to the cross, beaten and bruised, went to the cross, and his body broken for us. So friends, this morning, I invite those of you who are, who are in a relationship with Jesus, those of us who are children of God, those of us who have said yes, God, be my Lord. If you're with us here in, in, in the sanctuary, I invite you to take your cup, and in the upper layer of your cup, there is a wafer. We'll go ahead and pull that wafer out as we take the body of Christ together. If you're at home, whatever you're using, doesn't matter, crackers, bread, leftover slice of Domino's, whatever you have. The body of Christ is broken for you. Let's remember that together. In the same way after supper, they took the cup Jesus passed the cup around to the disciples. He said, this cup is, my, is the new covenant. It's my blood that will be shed for you. We know that on the cross that the blood of Christ was spilt for you and for me. We know that the blood of Christ is what cleanses us. It washes us. It's the covering before us. But Paul says this about it. He says, when we gather together for a meal like this, and he's talking to the early church and to us today. When we gather together for a meal like this, we take the bread and we take the juice and, and we're reminded of all that God has done. We're reminded that God in the garden created. We're reminded that God with Ezekiel, he prophesied and dead things came to life. We're reminded that God, that, that God to the early church said that old things are gone and new things are to come. But we also are saying something. We're reminded, but we're saying something. So friends, before you drink from this cup, I want you to understand what you're saying. I am a child of God. Number one, I am a child of God. But number two, God is coming back again. This story is written, but God will finish it. God will finish this story when he calls you and me to be with him eternity. Returning here or us there, either way. He's coming back again. So with hope in that resurrection, let's drink the cup.
Jesus. Father, Holy Spirit, in the same way you have been present in our lives, oh God, be present now. Satisfy that prayer that you are indeed coming back again. And from now until then, ready our feet, prepare our minds, bend our will, mold our hearts, and move us, God, into action that we might be the children of God, chosen for such a day as this. Holy Spirit, lead us, give us the gift of discernment, but greater than all things, be present with us from now until you come back again. And let the church say, amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing this closing song together. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. We pray it was life-giving. To find out more about us, visit our website at rocksboroughchurch.org and join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m.